This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Leading you into coverage of the Rangers and the Bruins, followed by uh, the Knicks tonight on the second of a back-to-back, taking on the Clippers, looking to uh, make it two straight wins. What a win that was last night. We're going to get into that. Week 15 is underway. Minnesota right now, and it begins like all the the Saturday games. Uh, So uh, we've got a triple header today. Uh, beginning with Minnesota in uh, Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. The Vikings right now up 14-3 to in the third quarter tonight. Uh, I should say later on today we'll get Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, Denver in Detroit. And the beauty of Week 15 is uh, every game has at least one team right now with something on the line as far as, like, the playoff implications. So Minnesota and, and Cincinnati are both 7-6, and six, uh, despite losing their starting quarterbacks, which is a testament to both coaching staffs. Give uh, Kevin O'Connell and Zach Taylor some credit. Uh, but this game is huge for both these teams. And as I mentioned, the Vikings up 14-3. to We'll have uh, the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback taking on the Gardner Minshew-led uh, Colts, both 7-6. and six. And then tonight you get the Lions looking to, you know, re- re- regroup because they've just been a mess lately. You know, they were, they were everyone's sexy pick to start the season to go on some run in the NFC. Uh, but they've just been an absolute disaster of late. I, obviously, losing that Thanksgiving Day game to the Packers. They lost uh, last week to uh, the Bears. So they'll look to uh, get back in the win column tonight against uh, the Broncos, who have turned it around. Sean Payton making good on all that trash talk he disseminated during the offseason. And then uh, Week 15 continues tomorrow. You got the Jets and the Giants playing meaningful games, which are they really meaningful? We'll get into that. But. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. And you, of course, can join the conversation at 800-919-3776. We would be remiss if we didn't begin with what happened in Phoenix last night. I I, I just got to give credit to, you know, Jalen Brunson for that performance. I was ready to go to bed. And 15 hours ago, I was ready to lead with the football. Because as I alluded to, you do have the Jets and the Giants still technically alive. But Jalen Brunson called an audible for me at the line of scrimmage because he put on a masterpiece last night. Sensational. 50 points. Six rebounds. Nine assists. And it had Kevin Durant after the game with the money quote where he says that's his franchise. And he is going to be a Hall of Fame player by the end of his career the way he's playing out there. So shout out to Jalen Brunson. And a much-needed win for the Knicks. And on a night where Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were sharing the floor, Brunson was clearly the best player on the court, thoroughly outplaying one of the league's best tandems on national television. That game, of course, also on MSG. But in their building, that's a contender, fresh off of what was just a pathetic loss in Utah against a team that had come in with seven wins. They were dealing with injuries. The Knicks had nothing going for them. I mean, what Brunson did last night is right up there, honestly, with, you know, as an all-time Knicks regular season performance. And it came, you know, as the chorus of the Knicks can never have the best player on the court. Uh, That's grown louder. While the team has been really good against the tomato cans of basketball outside of that, you know, debacle against the Jazz, but they, they beat up on the bad teams. But against the elite ones, they've come up short. 
which has caused like this, you know, Nick fan base to grow frustrated, feeling like you're on that treadmill just because you don't have the star, you can't compete with the likes of the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, but last night, you registered that one in the column of best win of the season. Going on the road and your best player going for 50 points, 9 of 9 from three-point range, which in NBA history, only one other guy has scored 50 uh, without missing a three, and that was Kyrie Irving. So for Brunson to do that, along with six rebounds, nine assists, that, that was just a sensational performance. It, it, it was a masterclass, 17 of 23 from the field, career-high five steals, so he did it on the defensive end as well. And this presented you with the most points by a Nick player since Melo scored 62 against Charlotte back in, um, back in 2014. And that Melo part of it is so interesting because it, it, it got me thinking about this. It, it reminds you of when the Nick organization failed Carmelo Anthony. They were never able to build a contender around him, and it led to the rest of his prime being wasted. People forget sometimes just how good Melo was in a Nick uniform because he spent eight seasons with the Nuggets, seven seven years with the Knicks, and the numbers are nearly identical. Now, team success-wise, never quite reached the pinnacle, didn't win a championship, and with the Nuggets, he at least got to a conference finals in 2009 where he lost to uh, Kobe's Lakers, but Melo was fantastic with the Knicks, highlighted by that 2012-2013 season when they wore, or won 54 games, he finished third in the MVP he was great. Knicks just couldn't build a contender around him. And they were also uh, failed by uh, the injuries to Amari Stoudemire. But people forget the greatness that Melo displayed in his uniform because of the fact that they never won as much as they thought they were going to. And, you know, they hold him accountable for him forcing his trade uh, here, which depleted the depth on that roster. But he was great. He, he was great, and what you are now faced with is when KD talks about Jalen Brunson, you know, this being his franchise, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer based on the production here, it's a constant reminder to this front office that you don't want to make the same mistake that prior regimes made. You don't want to have a star here who's not quite 1A. Like, Brunson, in my mind, can't be the best player on a championship team. He's not... Giannis, he's not, he, he's not Tatum, he's not Steph, he's not KD, he's not LeBron, he's not any of those guys, Luka. But can he be the second best player on a championship team? I, I think so. We saw him with the Mavs get to the conference finals as Luka's sidekick. So it's incumbent upon his front office to, whenever that trade presents itself, you got to have it happen. Because, like, this, you know, Brunson's not getting any younger. And you do feel like he is part of the solution. I, I, I get annoyed when, when uh, you know, I listen to Barkley, Charles Barkley, who's great. But, you know, they, they, they continue to hammer that point home as if we don't already know that. Well, we know the Knicks, need to, the Knicks have to go out there and get a star. We, we understand they got to get a star. And you got to respect the fact that Leon Rose has been patient with this group. And he's put together a really good team that on any given night, when they play at their apex, can beat any team anywhere. The problem is the deficiencies start to, 
you know, reveal themselves over the course of a seven-game playoff series. So when you're going up against the likes of Milwaukee and Boston and maybe even Philly, who's been great this year, when you're going up against those upper echelon teams, we saw Miami last year where there's, you know, a hint of championship pedigree, where there are superstars, where, you know, the, the coach on the other side is just as good, if not better, you start to really see, yeah, this team could use that A player, which is why, again, whenever that trade becomes available, you got to make it. And so far, it hasn't, which is why, you know, I'm not on, you know, the the criticism of the front office because what's the trade that was supposed to happen that didn't happen? Hasn't yet, which brings us, by the way, to the news of yesterday. So the Cavaliers announced Darius Garland, who's dealing with a jaw fracture, and Evan Mobley, who's going to have left knee surgery. They're expected to miss multiple weeks, which, you know, significantly hurts the Cavs' chances of contending. Cleveland right now, 13-12. and They've lost three straight games. They're currently the nine seed in the Eastern Conference. We saw what happened to them in that first-round series last year, getting waxed by the Knicks in five games. And now, you know, the speculation begins to mount. If this team isn't going anywhere, knowing Donovan Mitchell is going to be up for that extension that he covets, Will the Cavs start to shop him? And immediately you think of two teams. Really, the Nets have been linked to uh, Donovan Mitchell because they are always star hunting. And this has actually been a, a young group that this year has actually played pretty well. The Nets, just a couple of nights ago, um, going to Phoenix and beating the Suns. They, they've been playing really, really well. And I was actually at, at the Barclays Center uh, for that game where they stomped out the Magic, who have been one of the biggest surprises of the NBA uh, so far this year. So the Nets will be, if Donovan Mitchell does become available bidding for his services, the Nets right now two games over five hundred, playing really well. And then, of course, you insert the Knicks, who anytime a star becomes available, they are going to be uh, at the top of the charts as far as you know a team that could desperately need him. And it's funny because it comes full circle now, a lot of people argue, including myself, that they should have traded for him the first time uh, when he was being shot from Utah. But maybe if they can get him this time around, it's a blessing in disguise because it allowed you to, you know, build this group that you have now and you can capitalize on the assets that you have building with Emmanuel quickly, who's due for an extension, who you might not want to resign just because you got so many people you're paying. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's hurt yet again, really valuable piece, both offensively and defensively. What he brings, of course, is one of the best defensive bigs in basketball. But maybe he's someone that can be had in a trade. Quentin Grimes, and then the Knicks have just uh, you know a plethora of draft picks at their disposal that they can use in in, in such a trade. But once this Garland and and Evan Mobley news came down yesterday, my immediately thought was, oh, this team definitely has. They have another shot at getting Donovan Mitchell. Another shot. Another shot. So you give the front office credit because they put together a, a solid team right now that is fun, it's exciting, but we know what their ceiling is. Uh, it's what it was last year. They're not getting past because of how the you know playoff structure works and you know with, with the seedings. You know Milwaukee's going to be one. It's either going to be Philly or Boston uh, two. And then that other team, not Philly or Boston, 
uh, will be three. So those would be your your three top seeds. And because of where you're going to end up on each side of the bracket, you're either running into Boston in, in round two or you're running into Milwaukee in round two. And you're not beating those teams in a best of seven, assuming, you know, you don't experience a significant injury like the Bucks did last year. Giannis, you know, playing sparingly in those first three games. So that that's what your ceiling is. And now you have to enjoy it. But Nick fans at some point are going to, you know, grow tired of that being their ceiling. Like last year was fun because it was it was surprising. You had just missed the playoffs the year before. So you're the five seed. You upset Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs in round one. You go head to head and and you take Miami to six games in round two. It's fun because you didn't expect it. Now uh, as you start to open your what you hope to be a championship window, it's not going to fly too long. So after watching Jalen Brunson do what he did last night, you know, it just confirmed what we've already known. Nick's got to go out there and pair someone with him. Got to go out there and get that that best player who Jalen Brunson can't play sidekick. And by the way, uh, I'm not someone who is a proponent of parting with Julius Randle. I know Nick fans don't love him. But when you look at what Julius Randle, it's funny. I haven't heard a lot of Julius Randle criticism in about a month. And I'm like, I wonder why that is. Why is it that the the the, the Nick Faithful who loves to rag on Randle just hasn't had any smoke for him lately? It's been nothing to say. Why is that? Oh, that's because since the initial couple weeks where he was dealing with, you know, coming back from off-season ankle surgery which you would expect for him not to, you know, come out guns blazing and have some 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 rhythm issues, some efficiency issues. Since that part of the season, he's been excellent. He has been fantastic. In the month of December, he's given you 28 points a game, six assists, nine rebounds, and doing it on 45% from three-point range and 61% from the field. That's he's, he's having an awesome month. In November, he gave you 29, uh, 22 and, and 10, averaging a double-double. Randall's been superb. So I would love to see if they can get that next star in here, pair him with both Brunson and Randall, because I do think, or I'm curious to see, you know, if Randall can be part of a winning team, a team that is a contender as the third option. And then you just hope to build around that. But after last night... Got to feel encouraged because the Knicks finally, you know, what, what's been their buggable, can't beat the teams over 500. They were 10-1 and against teams below 500, but just 3-9 and against those with winning records, including 0-5 against the Bucks and Celtics, who you're going to be battling for in that Eastern Conference. So it's a huge win. Last night kicked off a stretch of games where the Knicks are going to play 10 straight. Right now it's presently constructed against winning opponents. So at the end of this run, we're going to find out who this Nick team is. We're going to have a great idea of where they are in the pecking order in the Eastern Conference. But great start last night after, you know, that the Utah mess. But beating Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in their building. It's a good win for the Knicks. 800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls. Of course, we will get into Week 15 of the NFL. Jets and Giants on the table. Big game between the Bills and the Cowboys tomorrow. I, we got to get... We we gotta talk about what's happening with with the commentary surrounding Buffalo. Uh, it, it's just so annoying. We'll we'll get into that. Maybe hit some baseball as well. Ty Butler going until six thirty. Hit me up on Twitter at Ty D Butler on Instagram as well. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's do it right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.
This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ten minutes from now, Jacob, I, I got to tell you about something that happened to me driving in today uh, that was ultra disrespectful, almost caused me to go out of character, but realized who I was and where I was, and I'm like, you know what, let me just chill out. 800-919-3. Not only that, man, you got a show to do. <laughs> I got a show to do. 800-919-3776. We lead off with Cullum in the Bronx. The Boogie Down. What's up, Cullum? Uh, what's going on, Ty? How we doing today? I'm chilling, man. What's going on with you, brother? Uh, all good, all good. You know, just operating trains and stuff. I got to go to work in like 20 minutes. But um, so just to talk about, you know, the Knicks, and I like the points that you were making with, you know, obviously Brunson had a phenomenal game, and no one's really talking about Randall because he's been playing phenomenally the last, like, three yeah, weeks Yeah, well, so. it's, it's funny how that works. Once the guy starts balling, you don't really hear people talking about him. But the minute he has a bad game, yeah. It's everyone wants to, you know, wants to crush him, which I, which I don't yeah, think is I'm fair. The, I'm the king of defending Randall. I mean, I think a lot of the things that people harp on Randall is they want to make him more than he than he is to be. They want him to be a star. They want him to be a legitimate, you know, big-time player, but that's not who he is. But there's a heck of a lot more positive than there is negative yes, to his game. correct. So, like, but with the Knicks is – like, it's tough to say, you know, where they're going to be headed. I agree with you. I think in perfect scenario, I still think they're they're definitely a second-round team. You know, anything could shake differently with, with an injury here and there on a different team, and they could probably sh- – I think they have a chance, slim chance to shock someone and make a finals with the current team. And I think you also got to wait on this team. It only is a two-player swap with Obi Toppin to DiVincenzo, but it's a big difference on how they're playing with they're playing significantly more small ball. And I think it's going to take, you know, a good half of the season to really get into the groove of how they want to play their team. But there's not really anything out there to make a big move. Yeah, not yet. They have, have a lot of – I'd like them to be patient with it. I obviously want them to make a move. But for the last 20 years, I've seen a lot of mediocrity for the Knicks. So I'm completely fine and completely satisfied with them being relevant, mm-hmm. with they being an above-average team for this year, possibly next year and a few years to come with the young players they have. Brunson's great. You know, RJ still inconsistent, so we don't know. Maybe the injury was hampering him, but I love the team now, and it seems like they're going to be good for the foreseeable future. And that's all I could ask for with the last, like, 20 years of my fandom. It's the right attitude, Cullum. And, look, have a great day at work operating those trains. Don't fall asleep, man. We get, uh, you know, all those horror stories of accidents. I actually got a buddy who's, you know, doing the LIRI was involved in the accident. So be safe out there. Be careful. Shout out to all the, the train drivers. On the Knicks, man, I, I, I think you – hit it accurately as far as like what the attitude should be about this team. And look, you can grow weary, you can grow impatient when you start to see the same thing over and over. And my guy Alan Hahn, who, you know, was on the what broadcast last night, uh, big up to him. Lo- love listening to Alan and Mike Breen together. He calls it a treadmill, right? When a when a team is constantly hitting uh the same ceiling every every single year. But when it comes to the Knicks like, for everyone who wants to criticize, oh, they don't have a star. Like, who's the star out there that has been made available that they just reneged on or that they just, you know, didn't go after? It hasn't existed. I, I guess outside of Donovan Mitchell where, you know, they, they could have had him, 
But now there's there's another chance to go out and get him, and we'll see if that comes to fruition. But right now, you gotta love the place that they're in. They're they're not a contender, but they're a fun, exciting team. And and you mentioned the part of like you know what the identity is. You know they've had a stretch of games where that the defense has has been an issue, but they started off the season a great defensive team. Uh, they hit a lot of threes last night. Didn't take a, a ton, but they hit at a high enough clip to win. Which uh, what was their uh, which was their undoing in Utah, where he just couldn't hit anything. And they've got two All Star caliber players in the primes of their careers. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson are perennial all-star caliber players right now in their prime. Can they win a championship? No. But when that move is there to be made, I think you'll see them strike. I think that's what, you, that's what you'll see. And back to the Randle point, here's how I read the situation. Nick fans really never loved Julius Randle. Because remember, his first year was a disaster. Then they had the COVID season where he was great, had the all-star appearance, but then melted in the playoffs against Atlanta. Then year three, that's when he's flicking fans off. He's going at you know, going at the, the crowd. You're never going to win that battle. And then last season, once again, flamed out in the playoffs. There was more of an excuse there. He was dealing with an injury. But because of the shortcomings, the behavior issues, they, they were never in on him to begin with. So when you have a team... This likable, I mean, up and down the roster, it's just nothing but likable players. Brunson, DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, quickly. R.J. Barrett, Nick fans have been patient with him because he's homegrown. And this year had a stellar start to the season. He's fallen off a little bit, though he played very well last night. Um, Nick fans are always going to ride and die for R.J. Barrett. So, you know, Mitchell Robinson, the injury issues like really just frustrates you. But on both ends, he's impactful. Offensive rebounding, keeping possessions alive for our Knicks team that hits threes at a high clip, that's going to be what the value he presents on offense is. And, of course, you know, finishing at the rim on those lobs. Uh, but up and down the roster, you have guys you like. So when the turmoil happens, when the turbulence hits, Julius Randle is the easiest guy for them to rain down on because, you know, the game isn't, sexy right like it, it, it the it the optics of it you know the dribbling it dribbling the ball too much the spin move turnovers the playoff shortcomings so there's a total package of why uh they like to you know be critical of him and excoriate him but he's he's been great man like i i just say appreciate the player and what he's what he's brought to the table because these you know the two playoff appearances in the last four years don't happen without what he's done during the regular season that's just my take on it. Let's hit Mike in Brooklyn. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm 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 doing well, man. What's going on with you? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I'm, I'm I'm about the Knicks, and you know what? We are legit. We're legit. Do we need Do we need a big man? Yeah, but who doesn't? And uh, Donovan Mitchell, for the right price, it might be worth it. it but we proved we could beat him. We proved it. Yeah, but having we him changes. It changes the dynamic and the conversation surrounding this team. Like, imagine you get Donovan right now is having a spectacular season. He's averaging damn near 30 points a game. You get him and Brunson. Yeah, for the right price. Like, you've got a ton of of draft capital. Look, I'm willing. I'm not one of these people who are holding on to everybody, right? Like, you know, hoarding quickly and grind. Like, there's only but so many roster spots. So, I would love to keep, obviously, Brunson's not going anywhere. I would love to keep Randall. I would love no, to keep you, RJ. No, you need to keep Randall. Randall's yeah. legit. Yeah, I he, love. He ain't that guy, but he's one of the guys. Yeah, he's one of those guys. 
I mean, if I could have Donovan with Brunson and Randall, now we're talking. Now, like, now we're doing something. Now we have, what, three top 25 players as we opposed to— Man, that's what we got. We got to yeah. fight with those three guys. Yeah, you can make something happen you know, with that. The East ain't no joke. Let's get it right. The East isn't any joke. Everybody on top, or oh, they bullies. Yeah, it's true, and I appreciate the call, Mike. And so I, I mentioned, like, the, the the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers, and B's having another MVP year. I mean, but then you also look at those young teams on the come up, Orlando, Indiana, with what Tyrese Halliburton's doing. So it, 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 not to even mention the team that went to the finals last year, Miami, that they've dealt with, you know, injuries to start the season, but – the East, it's no joke. Even Brooklyn's playing well. So I'm with you, man. For the right price, I mean, you don't want to go nuts, but if you can get Cleveland to agree to uh, uh, what uh, a deal that's conducive to you know you still being able to have a, a window for opportunity to open in this conference, and you're going to be bidding with the Nets, which is going to be fun, right? It reminds me of the uh, Yamamoto sweepstakes between the Yankees and the Mets. Knicks and Nets are going to be bidding for Donovan Mitchell. And the, the Nets might be more desperate because they need somebody there. I love Mikel, love Cam Johnson and, you know, Cam Thomas, but yeah, they need they need somebody else there. Dinwiddie and Claxton can only get you so far. The Knicks have already won a playoff series, so they're not operating from the, with the same level of desperation as, as Brooklyn is. So we'll see what happens. 800-919-3776. The phone, line, phone lines are lighting up, so we'll continue to kick it with the Knicks fans. Uh, transition to football at some point. The Bengals have just tied it at 17. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one. We'll keep you posted on that game. Ty Butler going until 630 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler going until 6.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Here was uh, the the quote I referred to, Kevin Durant last night on Jalen Brunson's 50-point game. That's his franchise, so they all there to support him and put him in the best position he can to be Hall of Fame player by the end of his career, the way he's playing up there. You know, so if he keep this up, he on great pace to do that. But they all support him. You know, they they, they put in sets for him, they they run plays for him. When he gets hot, they, they continue to get him the ball. So tonight was one of those nights for him. He made nine nine for nine from the three. He missed two free throws, but nine for nine from the three, you know. Yeah, I mean KD's giving him credit just because he deserves it. It's actually you know, one of the most efficient 50-point games in NBA history. So you know, only seven other guys have been more efficient when you look at his true shooting percentage of 92.7. So that factors in uh, three-point shooting, two-point shooting, and then free-throw shooting. Only seven guys had a more efficient 50-point game than Jalen Brunson in the history of the league, and that's, you know, uh, Kyrie... Fred Van Vliet, Jamal Murray, Kyrie, uh, I said Kyrie, Kyrie did it twice, Dane Lillard, uh, Dana Barros, and then Steph Curry. So it's one of the most efficient 50-point games in NBA history, and it happened on a night where you were going against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So he had everything to prove. I'm pretty sure he's tired of hearing, your Knicks don't have a star, they need another guy. He's like, why can't I be that star? Why can't I be that guy? You know pride has to, at some point, take service. And he went out there and balled last night. So it was good to see that for him. 
Now, for the Suns, before we get back to your phone calls at 800-919-3776, uh, what a total flop for, for Phoenix. I mean, talk about a meltdown. And I get a 10-point lead uh, in the second half, especially in this NBA, is not insurmountable. But come on, y'all. Durant and Booker should not be getting lapped the way that they did last night, where it's a 27-point turnaround starting at, you know, the midway point of the third quarter, where they go from being up 10 to losing by 17. And defensively, they were a mess. And I understand Bradley Beal, by the way, they they just can't get out their own way. Like, this big three played one game, one full game in that loss to Brooklyn. Then four minutes into last night, Beal turned his ankle, and it feels like we're watching the Nets all over again with Kevin Durant, where he keeps looking, you know, to his teammates. They can't get healthy. Booker missed some time earlier this season. Uh, Beal's now missed 19 games, and it's going to be more depending on the severity of this this ankle issue. Kevin Durant's in Brooklyn all over again. And I actually feel bad for him. He's finally healthy, and he's at age 35, having one of the best seasons at that age you've ever seen. But once again, his teammates can't stay on the floor. Funny thing, Jacob, you know I'm watching this game last night, and I'm thinking, you know who the Suns could desperately use? Like a perfect player on that team. Who would it be? Who's that? Draymond Green. Draymond would be all, like, because they, they, they're, they're too jump-shooting happy, finesse, they don't get down and dirty. They're not a rugged team. And Draymond, uh, especially with his playmaking, because they could use another playmaker on offense. They're they're running Devin Booker out there as the point guard. But Draymond Green, I think, would be a perfect fit for that team. It's crazy that you say that. I probably would disagree with that because I think their main problem is size. Si- yeah, yeah, of course. Size is the main issue. But I'm just saying him— with the shooting of Eric Gordon, who didn't play last night, mm-hmm. Durant, Booker, like him being able to be a playmaker, him being able to, you know, have add that toughness to them, uh, he would be perfect for that group. Yes, they still need size because Nurkic is tall, but he's not really, you know, a big man. He's out there shooting threes last night. <laughs> but Draymond, I think, would be perfect for Phoenix. I can see that. I, I would also like Draymond on the Mavericks. Him, Kyrie, and... And Luca, it might be a little, a little <laughs> nutty in there, but I mean, yeah, Jason, Jason Kidd, man, is gonna get his money's worth <laughs> having to coach that group with all those egos, Draymond and Luca. Oh man, and Kyrie Irving, who's actually been on his best behavior this year. Listen, they, they've been that team is pre- playing pretty well. I mean, a lot of people doubted them. Now, granted, I don't see them having much success in the playoffs, but I want to see how long they can keep it up. It's, uh Lakers, uh, that game that they they beat the Lakers the other night, they had me uh, had me frustrated. LeBron didn't play, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a team that right now the Suns, you, you're just gonna be holding out hope that uh, they're gonna find a way to uh, just get healthy because right now I, I don't think I'm watching a championship contender. But as good as Katie and, and Devin Booker are, you just never count them out. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We go to Bayside. We hit John. What's up, John? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Doing well, man. What's, what's so, good? Uh, Talk to me. One thing I just want to say is uh, I kind of disagree with you how you said uh, KD and Booker shouldn't have gone in there and get lapped last night. Uh, you, you're wrong. You're incorrect. Why is you that? Know why? 
because they were playing the New York Knicks, baby. Listen. <laughs> Yo, you realize, I mean, you could say that, but KD had hung 13 straight Ws on the Knicks, so that snaps a, a winning streak that Durant had uh, against the Knicks. They had lost 13 straight no, games no, I, to him. I, I know what you mean. I, I was just playing a little bit there. No, but I seriously, feel you. you know, I think, I think uh, Tibbs needs to really uh, think about expanding his rotation, man. Like, all right, so you think about this, right? The best teams in the playoffs have deep benches, okay? We don't put our bench guys out there. Tibbs is messing around with an eight nine man rotation, uh, maybe maybe ten man some nights. I think he needs to fuck. I'm sorry, I think he needs to put more guys out there, man. Like we have guys on this team that can shoot. Josh Hart was was disgruntled this this season. Uh, Grimes was disgruntled this season. Dante DiVincenzo had been trying to find his place in in the rotation. You know what I mean? Like this is stuff we can't have. You know what I mean? This team, most of this team, been together for what three four years? You know what I mean? Everybody knows how to play with each other already. You know, this is. I mean, they did add, but could... they did add some pieces. Like, you know, Dante. Yeah, Dubin... we added. We added two guys. What are we doing? Putting uh, Taj Gibson back on the team, bro. Like, well, that, that, well, that you, new move well, makes you, no sense. You just lost Mitchell Robinson, so you need some front court depth for a team that. Uh, remember, we once do, they got Taj rid of Toppin, they they were questions Gibson. about their depth in the front court. Taj Gibson's old. Like, I mean, come on, man. He's we got to give somebody there. else a shot. He's not there. Look, I appreciate the call, John. He's not there to you know. Score thirty. He's there to be a veteran leader, and I loved what he said on the MSG broadcast last night. You know where he's joking about. You know Tibbs is asking him. You know if, if he's still in shape, but he's there to contribute. He said, "I'm not here to take anyone's minutes or or undercut anyone. I'm here to when my numbers called upon, be a value, and he's going to give you that from a leadership standpoint. He's going to give you that with toughness, and, and that's what it is. I, I feel like sometimes people overrate. You know what." what contenders do in the playoffs as far as their bench depth. Like, you're you're going with a seven, eight-man rotation in the, in the playoffs. So once you get to the postseason, you're playing your best guys 40-plus minutes. So I think, you know, maybe you're overreacting. Like, who who's on the bench now that we're like, this dude needs to get in because he, you know, he's, he's, he's on a heater. Like, he needs to play more. I don't look at anyone on the Nick bench that I say, you know, he's not playing enough minutes. I feel like Tibbs has done a, a pretty good job with the rotation. Chauncey's in Westwood. What's up, Chauncey? Hi, man. How you doing? I'm chilling, man. What's going on? So I just want to talk about the Knicks. Um, before I get into a Donovan Mitchell point, I heard you playing the Kevin Durant audio from last night. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you heard this part, but he kind of threw some uh, threw some shots at Quentin Grimes. So, I mean, maybe that'll uh, give him a little spark that he's needed this season. I don't know if you heard that part. I, I did, I, I did see comment. something like that on Twitter today about uh, – did he say something about Quentin Grimes' game? Oh, we do have yeah, – we, we have the audio. We'll play it in a moment. But, yeah, he I, I do have that. I'm going to play it. Yeah, he just kind of disrespected him. So, hopefully that gives Quentin Grimes a little spark that he's needed this season. But I just want to <laughs> go into – I think trading for Donovan Mitchell would be a huge mistake. And I think I thought after I thought after the playoff series we beat him, I thought this whole thing would be put to rest. But I get it; he's he's really the only guy you could consider available. Yeah. But that's a that's a defensive nightmare for the Knicks, and they don't even look as great defensively this year as they have in the past. They're winning some of these games simply just by outscoring, which I don't think is sustainable come playoff time. And I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's not a great defender. You got two small guards in the backcourt. I don't I don't think it's I, I don't think the Knicks I, I'm I'm fine with staying in the middle here and you know, the middle of the 
playoff race and not taking that jump, I'm fine staying here unless we can trade for a star big man or a star small forward or something like that. Yeah, those guys don't become available, Chauncey. So, that, I, like, I hear you. I hear your reservations about, especially for a defensive-minded head coach like Tom Thibodeau, you know, not wanting to have your starting backcourt be as small as Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. But my point is just, and I appreciate the call, it, once the star becomes available, look, Brunson's 27, right? So, like, he is right now in the thick of his prime. Randall's 29. So, yes, you can enjoy this in the moment, but at some point this is going to get old, and the players are going to get older, right? So we're just trying to carve out a path to you getting uh, one of the best players in basketball, and we thought it could be Joel Embiid, but the Sixers have been they, they've been awesome this year. Tyrese Maxey has taken that next step where you know he looks like he could possibly you know be the second best player on a on a really good team. We thought that maybe you know, if things went awry in Phoenix, Devin Booker, you know, is an interesting name, Jacob. Kawhi is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, or can opt to become a free agent at the end of the year. Him and Paul George. And. And I've, I've been hearing rumors. This was before the James Harden like situation even uh, happened. That there was a percentage chance that those two might break up. Like they, this might be the last chance for Clippers with PG and Kawhi. Now, which is a nightmare for Bombers opening up a, a brand new arena next year, and and you're losing your maybe one or two <laughs> your two best players. Listen, he has the checkbook to do it, and he could pay all three if he wants to. Yeah, but it, it just comes, I guess, like, if, if they walk away and they they become unrestricted free agents, uh, would the Nick fan be interested in Kawhi Leonard? I don't know how that load management stuff plays here in New York with Tom Thibodeau. Oh, t- oh my God. <laughs> that That's not, that's not going to work out too well here. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return in a moment right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Before we get back to the calls, let's hear what Kevin Durant had to say about Quentin Grimes last night. Well, the shooters get up into him and make him dribble. Like, like uh, what's his name? Quentin Grimes, like, he can't get three threes up. Almost six threes up. Like, he doesn't dribble in, at all. He doesn't have any free throws on the season. He doesn't have any assists, it feel like, but he getting threes up. That's the stuff we can't have. It's frustrating. Well, I think we'll figure it out. I love it, man. I mean, it's it's mean, but we want our athletes to to be honest, and we criticize them when they get up there and they don't say anything and they give us, you know, athlete talk or or, or coach talk. He kept it a stack there. He's like Quentin Grimes. He shouldn't be scoring on us. And uh, if you saw the video, just looking at. Kevin Durant's face, you can see frustration all on it. I'm watching it now because he's looking at the statue. And he's when he goes when he goes to what's his name, Quentin Grimes, that is mad disrespectful. <laughs> hey Ojadai 3776. Jose is in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Good evening, Ty. Shout out to the company and definitely wanted to chime in on a couple of topics with the Knicks and that definitely that tape definitely had me dying. Because if you remember, Ty, there was a time where Quentin Grimes and um Anthony Edwards got into a scuffle 
And Anthony Edwards just pretty much looked at him and laughed and said, you're not the one. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so when the elite superstars are pretty much reminding you in your place, you know, that's where I just have to, you know, that's where I do, you know, get a kick out of it because I used to be one of those guys that uh, it's not that I'm not a high believer in Grimes. It's more of I, I, I see his limitations are more are, are more of a rotational defender than he is. Uh, yeah, he's a three and D you know, guy with an upside yeah. of, of uh, I think that's his upside, like a, a, a nice three and D piece of a rotation. I didn't love uh, the complaining he did at the beginning of the season. He's not getting enough touches. Yeah, Quentin Grimes. We're we've got R.J. cooking. We've got Randall cooking. We've got Brunson on a heater. Quentin Grimes. You sit Even there and know your role. Yeah, Devin Chenzo's a three. Yeah, so like, come on, relax. But so, go ahead, Jose. To my main point. Oh, sorry. To my main point, because because uh, to me, you, 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 we, when, when, uh, I'm, I'm gonna kick it back to like my old days in college. You know, Donovan Mitchell reminds me of that girl that your friends always keep telling you to go after, but you kind of know the flaws and you kind of know the pitfalls and everything. And you just know at this time and point in your life, it's just not the right move. And to me, to, to obsessively go off of it, it's like, yo, it's like I'm about to tell my boy, you know, yo, yo, stop, stop, stop bringing so what's, her out. So what's the you move then? What, what's the move, Jose? Because I you got to advance the cause. Like, we, we always talk about the team hitting their ceiling, uh, and, and then we get to that transitional period of, of okay, what's next? To, think, to use your relationship analogy, boyfriend and girlfriend for years, and she starts asking, okay, so, like, what does the future look like? You have any uh, aspirations of, of proposing? We're going to have kids, start a family. You got to advance the cause. So that's what, you know, the Nick fan is going to, to look to, you know, after you grow fatigued of just, yeah, we can't beat the Bucs, we can't beat the Celtics, we can't beat the best teams in the conference. Uh, you know what I say, and I usually say this all the time, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Let's worry about that when we get there, because what's going to end up happening is, is if we start overshooting the moon, and then we end up resenting each other and then it ends up being a bad move and then next thing you know we're going to be you know struggling for another 20 years with 21 seasons with bad with bad ownership so that yeah, but you trust that. that you I'm trust that trying, this I'm not trying to do that. you trust that so, this regime is is not where you like where you were when you were in the midst so, of all those uh struggles so you, to, so to me, I want I want to give this team a chance, and you know, let them do their job, let them wait for the right move. Because at the end of the day, we can't we 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 can't do a repeat of what 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 we did before and promise the fans a decade of contendership and then only be in the playoffs for three years and then want to blame everyone else when we all kind of knew that superstars don't like coming to a black hole where they're not going to be appreciated. So it's like it, it was what it was. So this is kind of my take on it let me actually go through the four or five years of losing in the first round before we get to that question yeah, That's kind I, of I don't think you're going to be four or five years from now uh still singing that same tune i appreciate the call jose let's go to quickly mike and westbury what's up mike what's going on uh first off duran is like the chris boss of big three like he should not be talking about anything uh, he's, got two, he's got two he's got two finals mvps so i mean hardly I, chris boss i know but but uh, my, my point is, I think the missing player for the Knicks is someone like a OG Ananobi from Toronto, someone who's, you know, gets into the paint, someone who can give you steals, give you 14 points a night, someone who, you know, is going to give you what we lost 
from top end, that explosive kind of player. Um, so I just wanted your opinion to see what do you think it would take to get someone like OG on the on the Knicks. I think OG's a nice player, but he's not what I'm looking for if I'm trying to elevate my team to championship contention, right? Like when, when I go back to what I mentioned with Melo, and I'm not saying Brunson is as good as Melo is. I'm just talking about the last time the Knicks had a, a player this good in their prime. Like w- they fumbled it. They they fumbled the bag. Their inability to to build around him, and then you know, some of the circumstances were beyond their control with Amari's knees. But how do you capitalize on having a player this good in his prime? The fan base loves. He's not going anywhere. He's still 27, which means that you know it, he's getting better, right? Like you know, he wasn't an All Star last year. He's assuredly going to be one this year. But he's just continuing to get better. And now he's become a flamethrower from downtown. How do we capitalize on his window? And OG, like him as a player, he's not advancing the cause. Oh, yeah. Then, uh, did you say that over there or just in my air? Oh, uh, yeah, the Knicks and the Raptors are, you know, in the midst of a lawsuit. So I don't foresee any, you know, transactions happening between these two organizations. But uh, that's my take on that. 800-919-3776. Hour number two coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.